Previously on AFTN. We yeah. talked about all the Houston players we did want. Manitas, Albert Ellis, Arturo Alvarez. I honestly have never heard of him. I don't even think I've ever seen him play. He can play in both wings. He's old. He's left-footed, isn't he? He's yeah. 33. El Salvadorian international. Oh, that explains 12 that. seasons in the league since 2003. So he is, he's a veteran. Yeah, you know him. Yeah. I wouldn't recognize him if he walked in here and had a t-shirt said, <laughs> I'm Al- Alvarez. <laughs> I wouldn't know if it was him. Again, we're finally on air. Uh, 11.40, Sunday night, 40 minutes late. Thank you for staying with us, if you are. I know most of you are going to listen to this on the podcast anyway. But hello again, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. If you listen to this show on the podcast, this is episode 313. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And the off-season keeps rolling on, and the busyness just keeps continuing. We want to talk about. I thought we had more game shows in the <laughs> off-season, but it doesn't look like it's happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'll have those over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, a yeah, lot to talk about. Some of it, I'm sure, will raise some voices, some good talking points. I'm in an angry mood now, so this could go anywhere tonight. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But we'll, we'll start off in part one with our Whitecaps News of the Week. And, yeah, the busy Whitecaps off-season continues apace. After all the additions we talked about last Sunday, it's more kind of departures this week. One new addition, though, that became official. We did, yeah, confirmed. We, we talked roughly that he was coming. That was the rumours. Yeah, I think we, we should just t- leave it at that. You don't like him because he's a sounder. <laughs> You're not going to welcome him? I'm not, I'm, I'm not excited about really? founders coming. He, he's been doing really well in Motherwell, and the Motherwell fans are very sad to see him go. So, What if he realized that he was in a wrong spot after four years, and that's why he decided to leave? Well, yeah. Then you would have more respect I mean, if he says that, I mean, that would be interesting. Um, does, uh, this does is Mother- Andy Rose we're talking about. Does Motherwell play on, on uh, what's their surface? Grass. Oh, okay. Or well, turf, as Barry Robson would know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's only Kilmarnock. Actually, Kilmarnock and Hamilton is only two Scottish Premier sides that, that don't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's used to playing on grass. Um, so yeah, Andy Rose. I, I'm. I think it's a good signing. We talked a little bit about him last week. We gave up fifty thousand in GAM to Seattle for his MLS rights. Which spent, is really nothing. Spent four years there. Yeah. 
He's an Aussie midfielder. Yeah, how, how did they keep his rights for so long? I thought that expired. No, if you sign after, if you sign, leave with no compensation for the team, MLS you team, have you basically the whole time. Yeah. It's just it's just the youth players, right? After a certain time, isn't it? I don't know. I'm I don't not know. sure. Homegrown might fall down. It's, it's just like we made a bona fide offer to Christian Teixeira, so we keep his MLS rights, yeah. right, forever. Bona fide. It's, yeah. But yeah, Andy Rose signed a two-year deal with a club option for 2021. Played 2012 to 2015 for the Sounders, made 90 appearances, scoring five goals, seven assists. Went over to Europe, spent time with Coventry, more recently with Motherwell. I, I, he's a versatile box-to-box midfielder. He's described on the Motherwell website as a dominating midfielder who plays with guile and assurance, combining athleticism, vision, and terrific ability on the ball. Yeah, And he's young. He's only 28, or he'll be 28 in February. He's young. That, well, to me, that's young. Yeah. It's all relative, really. Wait, are we changing the Joe DZ rule? Yeah. Oh, that was 25. Well, he's, he's young. So <laughs> this, to, to surely, him, 28, so old. Surely, again, this is a, a, a depth player, right? This can't be. I think he's here to compete, I think, with Russell Tybert. Yeah, I think him and Tybert challenge. Challenge for one of for those midfield spots, yeah. For a starting spot? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying he's surprised at that. He's not going to come all the way from a Scottish Premier team to just sit on the bench. Where he's been a starter, yeah, and doing I, I well, th- I, and I, played in a cup final. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely a competitor, that, that, competitor for that spot. That that's a fair perspective, Mike. And you can't expect every every player on a MLS side to be like a superstar. No, like people are saying, like you got to replace everybody. You can't do that. You have to have some guys that have been well, here before. <laughs> well, they, yeah, we'll get into this. Later. Okay. They've replaced a lot. They yeah. have, or they're yeah. trying to replace a lot. Well. Let's look at some guys then that have been replaced, or at least have moved on because the replacements aren't here yet. And we've got to start with Kai Kamara. It was pretty obvious he wasn't coming back from everything that's been said, and we'd heard during the past week that he definitely wasn't, and that was officially confirmed on Monday that they weren't bringing him back. Kamara, though, opted out of free agency. Which was a good move for him. Yeah, because it can get him more money in the re-entry draft. Because they they, they came up with that... Remember we talked about it like back in the summer where they had that new rule where if you're a player that has... Okay, if you're being paid more than the maximum cap charge, which is like 580 or something like that, and you opt for free agency, uh, basically you're the maximum... You can't get paid more than the maximum if you want to sign as a free agent. So his maximum he could have signed for is 580 essentially, or something to that effect. And because he opted out, he was able to sign a, a whatever, a decent contract with Colorado. It just kind of shows you how shitty the free agency agreement yeah. that those players agreed to sign. Yeah. I mean, we said it at the time, and with every passing thing about it, it just looks absolutely The CBA is not due until the following year, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's there's there has to be, if the players don't get a better, a better deal, they need to like have a real strike. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely terrible agreement. But Kamara was taken second by Cincinnati in the expansion draft. Immediately traded to Colorado. Um, like immediately. Oh, yeah. Like Alan Koch announced it right Same away. Same sentence. <laughs> okay. Can we, just a couple, couple things about this. I think, I think you and I had been texting about this a little bit, Michael. How, how could they, like, I'll be shocked if they did not try to include something in the deal for Spencer Ritchie that said, okay, you're, you're doing this, don't take, don't, don't take anyone from, from from us in the well, they technically didn't take anyone because, because he wasn't, Kai coming, wasn't yeah. coming back. Yeah. And no, it was no, just no, his... no, no. That's not true. He was he's a he's a Whitecaps owned his MLS right owned his MLS rights, yeah. and he was on their unprotected list. So it doesn't matter where he's coming back or not. 
they could have got something themselves for him. No, or they, they didn't. They, no, they only got they, fifty thousand gam yeah. because they had a player taken in the expansion draft. But they ultimately got this. Like Cincinnati traded for an international roster the, spot, which was then part of the Kendall Waston deal. It was the same spot. So they Zach, got fifty thousand gam and an international. Zach, roster also, spot. you don't know if uh, he only opted out because he had an agreement with Cincinnati picking him and trading him to Colorado. That could have been all arranged. No, I do you not, never know. I do not believe that was arranged. But there had to be something figured out because you don't opt out and take your chances with wherever you're going to. No, go. you you opt out of the free agency because you you're going to make more money. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, but I I have no problem with it and. He could just have walked away and we wouldn't have got a single thing for him. But you basically if, gone free agency. if you think of it, you traded Kai Kamara for Andy Rose. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, well, no, you no. traded Gam for Gam. Like, basically... The same amount of Gam. Yeah, same I guess. Amount, yeah. Well, we did get the international roster spot But that was well. a part of a different deal. Like, you can't say that's because of that. But they I, got that for it. They got an international <laughs> roster spot, but... That wasn't part of like what I'm saying is that part of the deal. It doesn't matter where since what international roster spot since he gave to them. It, technically, these are separate things. Okay, let's just. This I, is, no, I think they're we're, not we're around the circles. It was it was part of the same deal. That's why they put it in. But there's no. They've, they've said to the Whitecaps, "What are you needing?" They've given them what they're needing, and that's why they traded with Colorado for that specific spot. But I mean, since they they're they're fast becoming Whitecaps central because they took Darren Maddox first. <laughs> yeah. They've got all our coaching staff, or some of our coaching staff, and then the big news came out in the afternoon. Kendall Waston. It was it was big to him anyway. He wasn't expecting it. So, yeah, he's gone. We knew he was going to go. Oh yeah. So it's like, who cares? He's gone. <laughs> no, but he. Uh, you could say that now, but he, looking back, he was one of the best white caps probably in MLS era. Oh yeah, uh, the, the best, the best low, defender. Low bar. Best I defender. would say best, one of the best players. Yeah, okay, that, yeah. Well, not even just best defender. It's a low bar, though. It is low bar, but uh, he was up there. No, I, like, in all I think he was just as valuable as uh, Camilo was in in the in the, in the couple of years he played. I like honestly, I don't see any. I see very few like differences in there. I, uh, he would definitely be in the Whitecaps MLS era starting eleven at this. point. Oh, for sure, for that's one hundred percent. No matter what formation. Yeah. <laughs> Got the info on Monday that he was likely to get traded to an Eastern Conference team. Yeah. There was a couple of names I was given since he was one. Toronto was one as well that might have been interested in him, which would have uh, been an interesting trade, depending on what we got back for that, never mind the fact that he's going to a rival. I don't mind him going to Cincinnati. We got 450 GAM, 300 TAM, international roster spot, the one that they traded Colorado for, 75,000 in future GAM, if he meets performance criteria, metrics, whatever you want to call it, I think it's a good deal for a player that didn't want to come back. Mark DeSantos said on Monday he didn't expect him back. Well, the, the, the Whitecaps didn't want him back. I mean, you said on previous shows that uh, they were not planning to have him back after the World Cup. No, they, they were not. he would go Yeah, they, they did not want him here either. Like, that's, I think, one of the things that people don't fully understand is I know Steve. We, we've talked. We were talking in uh, our extra, our pre 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 show time tonight. Yeah. And, and I know you you didn't appreciate him speaking about his desire to leave while a season was still yeah. was still on. And I can appreciate that, even though I I I'm okay with w- what he did. But it, 
people are like, he said he didn't want to be here. They they made him know that they didn't want him here first, and that's why he uses that's why he used thing the image imagery of like I don't feel safe in my own house. Like I'm not welcome here. I'm not wanted here. And so I know you could say it's unprofessional or you didn't like what whatever, but if, if it's who didn't want who it wasn't didn't want captainy. Well, who, yeah, sure. You're going to say who cares about that. No, no. I, I mean, that, I mean, well, what I think of as a captain is different than what most people yeah. here think of a captain. They think of ice hockey and how that captain is supposed to work. It's, to me, it's it's different in football. And I, I know you also have a diff- also a different perspective on what a captain is than I do. But um, like when people are like, oh, he didn't want to be here. The truth is they didn't want him here first. People need to understand that. They did not want him here first. So people can say, "Oh, he publicly said, and the timing, and whatever." And I'm okay with I'm okay with the you know, frustration, Steve. Like I yeah. appreciate your perspective on that, but the record needs to show that they did not want him here first. They they are the ones who made him feel unwelcome here. But yeah. the, the 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 allocation money. Get back to that. The allocation money. I th- obviously, like we said before, it, whenever they make a transfer, the maximum. Well, it's usually gam. You get seven fifty is the maximum you could turn that that any transfer fee into, right? Like even Alfonso Davies, they got thirteen million, but they could only have seven fifty of allocation money from that. Same with Kendall Watson getting seven fifty. That's basically the max you're going to get. Well, a lot of people weren't happy that Watson. Well, some weren't happy that he went at all. Some weren't happy that he went to within MLS. I think if he'd gone to a rival or a Western Conference team, that would have been slightly different. But for me, his biggest value was within the league. There was no way that he would that you're not going to get the best value for him within MLS at yeah. this time. I at think, this yeah. time, he's 31. He didn't have a great season. He 2017 did, he, was a better season. No, no, no. The team, was, the team was poor defensively. Yeah, team, but him personally as well. But but Michael that, Michael team wise, he didn't have a good season, but he did have uh, moments. Yeah, he yeah. Especially in the at the world stage. Well, that's the and thing. That he's should d- have he's performed level. really well yeah. on the world stage with Costa Rica. At the World Cup and some of the more recent games, all the stuff like that. The one thing Cincinnati will be able to do is use his Mandarin in order to com- connect no, with the Chinese uh, community the, in Cincinnati. The, the, uh, That's the, definite. The Mandarin thing was just, I think, a personal thing. It, oh, was, I know. it had nothing yeah, to do with trade. I know. But the, it just shows you how things grow arms and legs. Yeah. One other thing I, I, wanna, I do want to say, too, is that I think um, the people who are uh, expressing their opinion that they feel that. Uh, the whole Southsider statement stuff played a role in this. Uh, I don't. Uh, my understanding is it it didn't at all. It was more stuff. The stuff with the with the, the front office and the club. Yeah. A- and that and that I think for Ken. I think Kendall's perspective would be uh, these are people who have a different perspective than me, and that's okay. That's, that's okay. Like you know, it's not you know, and so they can exp- they can express it and whatever and whatever. And the, the process was you know, I don't think ideal in anyone's opinion, but I don't. People are like, oh, he left because the statement was made. Uh, that, that's yeah. a very much a, a false narrative. We have to talk though as well about his tweet, where this seemed as if it had caught him by surprise. He it was tweeted out the rumors that he was going to get traded, and it's like, oh, how come the player and his agent are the last folk to know that? Do you, do you? I mean, you know him. Do you believe that that was the case, or do you feel that that was just part of the smoke screen that he put out there? No, I, I. So I haven't asked him specifically about that, but I genuinely believe his tweet was just like, no one has told me this is happening, and then whatever an hour later, when it happened, he's like, okay, I'm ha- I'm happy to leave Vancouver, and now I have a, a new a new opportunity. And to me, those two things, I know some people are like, those two things don't make sense together, yeah. but but they do, right? It's one thing. It's one thing to say. No one has told me about this, and then when you find out, say, "Oh, I'm happy for it." Like I don't understand. No, how it's so just, many his are... tweet seemed like he was not happy about 
not knowing or something. I guess maybe of he was happy he, not, not knowing. Yeah. Not, of course he's not but, happy not knowing. But my, my whole point was... Steve like, sent a nice tweet. I, 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 I tweeted him. I, I actually, it wasn't against him. It no. was more against the, the agent. No, yeah. Because in North America, if you're going to sign in a North R- American league, you are going to know that you cannot be expected to be no. told when a trade hey, happens within the league. I saw your tweet, Steve, and... Uh, Again, his tweet doesn't mean that he doesn't know how it works in North America. No, I know. It's him saying he, this no is one not. Told him it was going yeah, to no one told me, and this was. Uh, and we've it heard, seemed like he was upset about it. That's why I thought, or he didn't understand why this is happening. That's the way I no, projected to me. Maybe it was my uh, understanding yeah. of what uh, he, he knows. Yeah, he fully knows how it works and how, how well, it works here. It's more. It's more like a. It's more like a. Then he tried, obviously took a dig at the front office for not telling him or whatever. Well, it's more... try to get some support on his side. Well, I don't know for the people that don't know what's going on. I guess. Yeah, yeah. The other stuff we have to mention as well about it is he's going to a really good club. It's an exciting club. It's a club on the up. It's getting good crowds and it's signing players. It's a first year. It's a chance to really build something there. So it's not as if he's going to a bad club. I'm pretty sure he would maybe have wanted to go to a better club. Like if you're looking at the East the likes of an Atlanta or a Toronto would maybe have interested him more than a Cincinnati. I think it's a good move for him. He gets to reunite with Pamadou Carr, so that's going to be good. And Not, not on the field. Not, well, <laughs> yeah, that would be horrible on the field. But, I mean, since what if Carr gets well, to uh, drive that uh, vehicle while he's playing or something? Maybe he can make a comeback on that. Can you imagine, though? The if, hoverboard or whatever they call if it. If since he had kept Kamara and had Kamara and Addy up front, Kendall at the back. That's a very strong physical team they'd be building. I mean, and you that, play, that'd be you play Maddox as a number ten. Yeah, Max coming off as the sub, even though. <laughs> but number ten would be a bit scary. I know this is a total aside because we don't we're not, we don't plan to spend a lot of time talking about Cincinnati FC. Or, no, that's going to be an extra podcast that's going to come. Okay, out. but uh, do you have any concerns about them in terms of the? I think the number was ten of players they brought forward from USL. And I know this is like almost a decade on from when the Whitecaps made yeah, that transition. Yeah, because the Whitecaps were the highest team before eight? that. Eight or nine, yeah. I think we brought on. And we saw what a disaster that was. But I think these are better players than we brought yeah. on. It's a different era. Yeah, yeah. and it's better players. And I, I, different I know, management. There, there, are some people, the there are some people out there who are questioning them for that. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem because they, ha- they try, like if, if they're including Addy, as one of those guys, then you can't really count that, really, because he was he's an MS player. And there's one other guy that came from Portland too. I can't remember his name, but there were two of them that came from Portland. Yeah, uh, I think I think Addy, I think Addy's going to be the Golden Boot winner next year. No, oh yeah, <laughs> get get him down again for that. <laughs> I may just put him down for fun. We've got to say though for Kendall as well, he was good with the Whitecaps. He had some great times here, oh, some great moments. Times. Great guy to speak to. Such a friendly guy as well. He, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not overly disappointed to see him go because sometimes he was a little bit too mistake-prone for my liking. A lot of that, though, was brought on because he was having to cover for those around him. And, he was, he, and he, felt, was, he was an aggressive player, yeah. too, and you're going to expect I, That I don't mind, yeah. and the discipline and things, that I don't have, didn't have a, a big, big issue with. And he did calm that down, and it didn't take too much out of his game. I do feel he could have scored a lot more than he did, but maybe that was partly the Whitecaps set-up, who, who knows. But it did feel that whenever he was called upon to do too much, his own game suffered. And we need two centre-backs that don't have to, to worry about that. And that was the problem this year with all the centre-backs changing. So much pressure was on Kendall. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think he had a great season, as I said, but he has had a lot of great times here. He was a really good player. 
And I think he'll do fantastic at Cincinnati. For saying he could have scored more, he's like the leading scorer amongst defenders in that MLS era. For yeah, Vancouver. but yeah. you see what he's done with Costa Rica. I do feel yeah. he could have got a lot more. And the good thing is, is now he'll actually get noticed by the American media because he'll play in America. Yes. <laughs> so was he was that, he one of your favorite interviews? No, he oh. wasn't a great interview. Oh, really? He was friendly, but he didn't because oh. his English isn't okay. like his first thing. Should it, try Mandarin. Wasn't great. Oh, I'll try that. Okay. Did I, we ever get a video I, of him? I brought one with me to eat during the breaks. Do we ever get a, a, interview, a video of him celebrating a goal with you? No? Ah, uh, that's the only thing. We could have got. We should have got did a you, slap in us you, for pulled off at half time. Did you, oh man, did you see Spencer's tweet about it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that would be good. So after all that movement, the Caps are now like Scrooge McDuck. They're rolling in a, a pile of allocation money. Gam, Tam, At least 1.5 million, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> All the normal allocation that they've got, all the trades, the Fonzie cash. So if they want to make some big splashes, whether within or out with the league, they've definitely got the the chance to to do that. But Michael, why haven't they signed anyone? Michael, what's wrong? What's wrong? I know. (laughs) Press the panic button. I'm panicked already, I've got to say. That just added to my anger. But... Yeah, people need to relax a little bit. Like, as much as as we've talked about how it feels like all all the... Almost a number, a good number. I know Steve, we were talking about this too, but a good number of the players they need to bring in need to be starters. Probably at least half of the players they bring yeah, in. Yeah, f- a, f- a four to five at least. A, the minimum. And, they, and that's really elevating some of the role players that they brought in. Yeah. But the key is, it's, it's it, it, this is not a time where players around the world can move very easily. No. Unless they're out of contract. We, we need to bring in some key difference makers. Yeah. For, for oh, sure. Both absolutely. now and in the summer, because Mark has said, don't expect everyone to, to come in now. It's different make, different makers, I agree. The other thing that, that you, I think you're going to see happen, and one of the reasons why Mark DeSantos says he's okay for Kendall to go, is there needs to be some more players who can play the way that he, he wants, wants to yeah. play, especially at center back. It is crazy that folk are overreacting just now about the lack of quality signings. He's already come out and said, and we talked about this on last yeah. week's show, but then he reiterated it on Monday, these are guys that he's looking at. He's building his depth first. And yeah. it's a, maybe a strange way of doing it, but you don't know who else he's already got mine, in mind and lined up. There's been links with players from Sweden and, and South Korea and, but, at the moment. But the thing is, like when you say that, like it's easier to sign depth players than it is to sign that star. Definitely. So you, that's going to take this, the big signings, especially in MLS, are going to take time to do. So just, you, just calm down yeah. is yeah. the message I think yeah, got yeah. for the fans. Yes, it's mid-December. If we're still looking at mid-February and we don't have any big pieces in place, that would be a, a time to start to panic for well, sure. Yeah, my, my, well, by the end of January, you'll see, I think you got to see at least three of those absolute must-needed five starters come in. Well, him my, and his coaching staff's away scouting just yes. now, and they're not going to be back in Vancouver until after, after the, yeah. the draft night. My feeling is the, num- the two main starters they need is they need uh, a central midfielder immediately, and they need a center back. And those two guys need to be... They're starters for the full year. Now, all the other positions, I can see them signing somebody who's starter capable, but eventually will be replaced in the summer by a bigger signing. That's that's where I'm seeing the the signings are being. For those who think that might have sounded familiar, that was not Steve Live. That was Michael playing a clip from previous season. <laughs> uh, it needs to be done. Yeah, because they need to does. they need to establish their defensive ability uh, first, and then uh, use the summer to uh, strengthen their attacking. I mean, I, I asked Marta Santos on Monday if Kamara's replacement was likely to come within or out with the league. 
And he said probably out with because the players that he likes in the league, they're just not able to... The clubs want to keep hold of them or they're wanting too much. We do have all this allocation money now, so maybe there's a big splash or a, a big trade in the works. I have heard a few little mummers about that, but we did pass in the waiver and re-entry draft. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a little bit more active in stage two of the re-entry draft on Friday, but yeah. who knows? Because take them in stage two, that's when you can renegotiate the contract. Take them right, in stage right. one, you've got to take the contract that they've got. Also, got to Not say, too many people got taken, right? No. Your, bo- your boy got taken. Nick, Nick DeLeon yeah. got taken, yeah. which was a bit disappointing. Got to also say, Eric Cattado's now left as well. That was the other big piece that came out on Friday. Well, I say big piece. That was the other piece that came out on Friday. So you're looking at a guy that's been with the club for a long time, gone now, and we got a second round draft pick in 2020, first round draft pick in 2021, both from KC, who are a good team usually, so you don't know whether they're going to be... Well, by then it could flip-flop. Yeah. You know so we're now praying that like KC's going to be going really, really bad. Yeah, my understanding is this is not the first time that Kansas City has expressed interest in Eric Hurtado. Well, he seems to always score big goals against them. For a lot of folks were surprised that he went to such a big team like that, though. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting to see what his role is there. Yeah, but you have it, but to you, imagine it's depth. But they've obviously seen something in him. 17 goals and 13 assists in his time in Vancouver. And and you've you got to think that Peter Vermees, whether you like him or don't like him, he doesn't bring in people just to like have a flyer, you know, to have a – have a look at or like oh it's not he doesn't make a lot of hopeful signings nah, he true. brings in people knowing this is how i want them to to play in our side and this is how i think they're going to excel and so for eric's sake i hope that he gets a a good shot at making significant contributions not sad to see him go because i think we can get better i do feel that he had really worked hard in his game he's one of the hardest workers on the team wish him well yeah Effie Juarez is the last player we'll talk about quickly in this section. It looks like he's going to get bought out, but he did give an interview with a Mexican website indicating that he's hoping to be back and speaking to the coach and, and seeing what the future holds in store. So that could be get interesting. Well, not according to my depth chart. He won't be on the team. No, you don't have that. <laughs> so there's a check. There's no odds yet for who they think's going to be winning the MLS Cup next year or what the Whitecaps oh, might come in at. It's Atlanta. What, what odds would you put in them? 33 to 1, 40 to 1, not I'd care? Put, I, I'd be higher than 33 to 1. No way. 66 to 1? 40, 40 to 1 right now at this point. No, it's got to be right, At this very moment? Mm. Oh, oh at this moment? Oh, at this uh, moment, we're like 100 yeah, to 1. But no, once it's built, I still think we're probably talking like 33 to 1 or yeah. something. Now, and if anyone's not sure about betting, just to explain that, for 33 to 1, it means if you put on $10 on the White Cats to win the MLS Cup, You've lost $10. (laughs) (laughs) But that is it for the first part. But we'll be back with more after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Yeah. I'm still scratching my head, though. It went from good to bad. In fact, it became the worst. It went from could be that to a place where I could be hurt. I just felt used in that. All daydreams slowly burst. See the anger pulled her back, and then that took over. I'd feel it first. It went from healthy chilled to the worst I had felt in my life. It went from the best to bold. See, I thought that I kept what I liked, but I take that back and I can it. And my son will remember the fights that breaks me down in a second. My innocent kid that I dreamt in my life. It went from good to bad. It went from could be that. It went from cool. It went from good to bad. It went from could be that. It went from cool to mad. It went from 
Mad Hat McGore there, he's back after taking a week off last week. I feel like deja vu. Yeah, well, anyone that was waiting for us to come on air will have enjoyed a little bit of, of Mad Hat McGore as they were waiting, since we had got a re- couple of requests to play him, so we did. Hope oh, you all as long as that. it was requested. Yes, that's, that's the main thing. But yeah, it went from good to bad, kind of a bit like the Whitecaps season. Should Maybe I kept that when we did our <laughs> final part of the year in review, but... Something that the Whitecaps have definitely gone is from a team of players that we knew to not a lot of players. And Mario Santos had talked about not blowing up the team. He said that in an interview with you guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I had wanted him to blow up the team, so I'm quite happy that he basically has. Yeah, so it's interesting to see that he would say that and... He, maybe things just moved at a pace. Maybe yeah. he maybe he figured blowing up the team was everybody's gone. Depends what your class is. Because <laughs> that would okay. Yeah. If, well, you're, so if you're blowing up the team, that means all, everybody's yeah. gone. He's right? kept all the Canadians. There was 31 players who were technically connected to the Whitecaps in 20 in uh, in 2018. Mm-hmm. 18 of them are now gone, and they're, they're and one more is going to go. There's a few more I would get rid of. As well, there, well, there's a, we know one more is going. We, every, I mean. It, if Efren Juarez is not moved or bought out or whatever, everyone will be shocked. And I don't know how you work that dressing room. But so that's like 60%. That's going to be like over 60% when Juarez is gone of the squad, which is, is, is crazy. And yeah, like you said, the other thing is all the all the leadership, all the strong voices are gone. I mean, Felipe was, I think, involved in a little bit of that, but obviously didn't play a role at the end of the year. Rusty was involved, but I don't think, I think he did all his talking at the end of the season to the media. I don't think he talked to his teammates too much. Uh, for me, the interesting thing was he, when I, when we talked to when the support, a couple of supporters were meeting with Mar- Mark uh, DeSantis uh, a couple weeks ago, we said, "How are you gonna How are you gonna handle this? Because this is an issue. For, this is an issue for the players." And I keep hearing from players who are part of that locker room saying they were extremely not happy with what Rusty said. But most of them, the way they've dealt with it, is they just got rid of them. So it'll be interesting to see that with the, those who are remaining and those who come in, you know how they how they make that work or what. How they make? How did you try to make things? You know, yeah, the thing, the so. thing is, I, I guarantee you, Rus- uh, uh, Russell wasn't the only one that felt that way, the way he felt. So maybe they kept those guys in, like you said, the ones that disagreed. They, they're they're the ones that are out. Anyway, you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio one hundred one point nine FM. As we said, I'm um, had a go there. It went from good to bad. Something else that's gone from good to bad this week. Is Ottawa Fury's future? It's yeah. not looking very good for them yeah, right now. Yeah, if you now. think the Whitecaps don't look good right now, now we're gonna at least they have a league. We're gonna cover this over the next two parts. For this part, gonna play a li- mostly a little bit of audio that that we've got from a, a couple of guys out in Ottawa. Then we're gonna kind of debate that in in part three. If you've been living under a rock, basically the Ottawa Fury situation is CSA, USSF. Both had no issues with Ottawa Fury playing in the USL next year, as they have in 2017 and 2018. They sanctioned them, the CSA. So, as far as they were concerned, everything was good. Then, Wednesday, came down the edict from Victor Montagliani and his CONCACAF crew. And we know how trustworthy they are at CONCACAF, so we can believe <laughs> everything that, that they say. Well, again, you're painting the current CONCACAF administration with the brush of the previous administration. I'm half jesting. But yeah, CONCACAF said that they were not sanctioning Ottawa to play in the USL for the forthcoming 2019 season. 
Obviously, that came as a bit of a shock to Ottawa, and we're going to play a little bit of audio, first of all, from Mark Goody, who did a conference call with a couple of media. I think it was mostly Paul Tenorio, who writes for a number of things. I think The Athletic now is the main one. So Mark Goody is the CEO of Ottawa Entertainment and Sporting Group. So let's just play a little bit, first of all, from from what he said. Yeah, we received a, a correspondence from the Canadian Soccer Association this morning, um, that was telling us that they had received uh, a letter from CONCACAF, um, whereby CONCACAF was not going to be providing us with sanctioning for, for this, this season. Surprising, quite surprising. We have players showing up in 40 days to start our training camp, and very excited about uh, what's in store for us in 2019 in the USL. Are you able to provide some of the stats of the number of players you've signed to this point and how many season tickets you sold to this point? Yeah, in terms of season tickets, we're at about 1,500. Uh, we've just, uh, uh-huh. we're in the midst of our renewal campaign uh, right now. Um, and we've got, I think we've got about a dozen players under contract uh, with a bunch more that are, uh, are are pending and that would be signed in the next couple of weeks. How long have you guys kind of understood that this was a, I, I had heard through just kind of my sourcing prior that that the Premier League had been in touch with with you, the Canadian Premier League had been in touch with you at Ottawa about joining and about what your plans were and knew that your plans were to play in the USL. Um, but would, how would you classify your discussions with the Canadian Premier League over the last few months? Yeah, well, we haven't, uh, we haven't spoken them, uh, to them since, uh, since July, and it was back in July that we notified them that for at least the first season that we wouldn't be joining the, the, the CPL. Um, my relationship with them goes back probably two-plus years. Um, we, we had offered our support um, in helping them as they, as they built the league out and started hiring, uh, hiring staff. And um, they obviously have a vested interest with it being a professional uh, league in our backyard. So we've had quite extensive dialogue with them over the last couple of years. Um, but we informed them in July that, uh, that we were going to be staying in the USL for the 2019 season. What went into that decision to stay in USL? The USL is an awesome, awesome league, and they've done a wonderful job growing a world-class second division league. Um, and I think it's more of what the, the USL isn't than the CPL is right at this point, right? It hasn't kicked the ball yet. So Mark Goody there from the OASG group. They are the ownership group of Ottawa Fury. And that was done on Wednesday after the CONCACAF initial statement came out. Now, after that, I spoke to Julian de Guzman on Thursday at 2 o'clock. It was great. We had a, a good interview in the can, which we're going to play for you shortly. Then 10 minutes after that, CONCACAF sent out another email clarifying... Yeah. Some some details, so I didn't get a chance to, to ask Julian about stuff, but it it seems a big mess. I got, got a chance to speak to him on the phone on Thursday just to, to ask about the Fury situation, and was it a surprise to him, and what are they going to do about it? So let's just hear from Julian de Guzman just now. Hey Julian, uh, I know you must be super busy right now, so so thank you so much for, for doing this. We're going to run this on our radio show on Sunday, and I, I know some things could happen between now and Sunday, but 
basically, I mean, you've, you've had about 24 hours or so now to, to digest everything. What's the feeling like at the club now that it's kind of sunk in that, that this decision has come down? happened unexpectedly and um, this is something we obviously didn't really expect and prepare for so uh, you know we, the most important thing is we just continue with our strong intention to, uh, to, to, to continue to create a team um, and you know our, our our main our main objective you know short term is to, to get the support of, uh, of Chronicast um, and and get the uh, the decision overruled. So I, I, I personally feel it's just, it's just um, you know, it's, it is overwhelming. It's a shock, uh, but at the same time, uh, we, 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 we continue to uh, to work towards our, our our goals that we've planned for, we prepared ourselves for, and um, and that is to field the team for uh, for 20, 2019. Now, when it got announced in the summer that that Ottawa wasn't going to be part of the the Canadian Premier League, that I mean, I I was worried at that time that the CSA might not sanction you, but then the CSA did sanction you. There were some rumours going around that CONCACAF might get involved in in October, but I mean, I, I dismissed that at the time, not thinking that they would if if the CSA had approved it. I mean, is that generally how you felt as well that if the, if the CSA approved it, then that would all be good? You know, we follow all the guidelines. We we, we went about it the right way in the most professional manner as well. And, um, you know, that's the last thing we, we would have thought would come our way at this point in time. Uh, and, I mean, in the history of my experience involved in this game, um, from Bundesliga, La Liga, to, you know, USL, it's, it's something I've just never uh, encountered. Uh, so uh, the good thing is we obviously continue to uh, work with, with, with what we've, planning for uh, with our involvement in the USL and uh, we kind of just stick to our game plan but uh, yeah it's important that we we resolve this as soon as possible because you know it's 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 a it's a hard-hitting um, uh, reality when you you start talking about some of the things that could potentially occur if it doesn't go our way but we're just very hopeful and faithful that uh, that we you know we get this uh, over overturned and and we could continue our uh, our, our journey in building a, 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 a Ottawa Fury team in uh, in 2019 so it's just unfortunate that we have to run into this uh, bit, you know barrier but it's it's, it's it's the reality of it right now and uh, you know we continue to uh, to, to work towards um, creating the dreams that, uh, that that many have enjoyed in the past of, of, uh, of Ottawa Fury as a professional team now, obviously, the USL are backing you, and they released their their conference alignment today, and and the fury is in their plans. But yet you've said that you're going to look at all options to fight it, whether that's legal or or whatever. But obviously, things are kind of time compliant right now. What what's the realistic cutoff time? Do you feel you've got to get this sorted to enable you to play in the USL next year? We're hoping a minute, and you know, I I mean, there's. There's no fixed uh, time that we really present, but we want this to take, you know, we want the story out as soon as possible. And, you know, with right for now, we're just going to have to put our uh, strategy in place. It could be a matter before court. Uh, but at this point, at this moment in time, I mean, it's best we don't discuss publicly. Um, 
what that entails, but we just would like this to be sorted out as soon as possible in the best manner. Now, when the when the statement came out, I think that the general feeling from everyone reading it was it's it's tied to the Canadian Premier League. Concacaf are viewing the the Canadian Premier League as being an equivalent to the USL. Is that your understanding? Is that how it was explained to you that Concacaf feel that the CPL is an equivalent in Canada, and that's why you should play there? You know, that's that, that's something we're waiting to hear from Concacaf and. And, you know, until then, we, we could, you know, take our next steps. We, we do not understand what the actual motives are at this point in time. And, again, all of this is all, you know, we're certainly taken by surprise. And, I mean, that's something I hope you could even ask them and find out for us. But yeah. until then, I mean, we just don't have any any any, any, any answers or, or, or reasons why this has happened. So that's something I'm sure Congregate would know, and we're waiting to find out what that is. Now you've you've had a lot of support as well from the the MLS sides, and I mean the, I I wrote an article about this as well because I'm involved with the the TSS Rovers PDL team out here, so to me this sets a, a dangerous precedent I feel for the other Canadian teams playing in a, in American leagues. I mean, do you see that as a worry that if if this is ruled down to you that it's going to affect others, and and if it doesn't affect others, why are you being singled out? You know, that's again. These are things I I ask myself. I've been asked as well many times uh, since uh, this has happened, and I would love to know the exact reason why and and why just us. But you know, back to the question with regards to affecting the MLS teams and and and, and for soccer in Canada, most importantly, I think it's, it's it's you know everything that we've done in our power, um, everything. Uh, and every reason why I, I continue to stay involved in this and to help this this sport grow, it's no different than what I've experienced as a player. And my objective is to put this, you know, this team Ottawa Fury, this Canadian club, uh, you know, on the map for, on the map for the right reasons. And I think we've, you know, expressed that so many ways, and we've proved it as well. When you see players from our side representing the Canadian national team, when you see Canadian, you know, from seven to even eight starting in games and getting results and um, using this as a springboard to even play in top leagues in, in, in the continent. I, I you know, we're, I'm doing everything and there's a lot of people behind this that uh, believe in what the series about, believe in what even TFC and the impact and the Whitecaps, you know, they, they've done great things for, for soccer in Canada and uh, we support that. So the, the end goal in this is, you know, for me, is to put this country on the map uh, as a soccer nation. And um, by helping out Canadians in these type of leagues, MLS, in the USL, it's, that has helped us. That has helped us raise the Alfonso Davies or the Jonathan Nazarios and the Samuel Piets and the Maxine Propos. This is what we're about. Yeah. I, I, we've done everything in our power to do the right, to do the good for, for this game. And we're still waiting to see why... This is uh, this has happened uh, in the last 24 hours. We're figuring out why um, we are, um, you know, obstructed to to continue with the, the the right ideas and the right intentions for for, for soccer in Canada. I mean, yeah, talking about what Ottawa has done for the Canadian football scene. I mean, it's a lot. You, you had the most minutes of any professional club for Canadian players last year, and. and 
Like John Pugh has been involved with Ottawa men, women, youth since 2003. I mean, I, I don't know how much chat you've had with, with John Pugh about this, but he must feel it's a bit of a kick in the teeth. He spent 15 years investing money in the Canadian game, and now something like this happens. I, 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 believe me, it's a, it, it, it leaves questions all over the place. And when you when you hear the the, the type of um, dedication and and the ownership John has taken for for the Fury, and ever since I came here in 2015, and the more I learn about what he has done for for this club and what he intends to do for the country, it's it just does not make sense. And I I love to use even my example as well for what I've done for this country and what I want to give back to. And um, it, I'm just perplexed in so many in, in so many ways. Um, but he's a guy I continue to believe in. He, he, he's a guy that sends the right message across the board, and you know he's a strong. He's a big reason why I'm here too. And you know I continue to follow that type of leadership. That's the type of leaders I, I, I want to represent. That's the type of leaders I want to be like. And, you know, he he, he has a, an honest and true reason why this team is, uh, is, st- is still standing and why this team exists and what this team has done for the country. So my question is, is you know, why are we being punished for doing good for, for, uh, for a country? And, you know, we're still waiting for answers on, on, on that. And, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a strong believer that, you know the good will always prevail, and I'm a strong believer that the uh, you know the the, uh, the reward will will come our way as, as long as we continue to stay true to our to, to our beliefs. So we uh, we continue to fight what uh, what we stand for, and I mean that's for the the good of uh, of Canadian soccer. Obviously, an, an issue like this, and Canadian fans are very passionate, as you know, from playing with the national team for so many years. It's had a mixed reaction. There's some people that think it's terrible. There's some people that think it's a good decision because you, you should be playing it in the CPL. I, I know you've talked about this before. Other folks talked about it. But why for Ottawa or why for you even do, do you feel that USL is the better option for Ottawa right now? You know, it, I, I think from our... from. Our experience in, 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 in the USL, I mean, it, it, it's such a, a a great business model. It's a it's a great league, and it, it, it continues to expand and flourish. And it's something to be proud of because you, you see the results that come our way out of this. And ever since we've been in, in this league, I mean, you could see the the, the type of players we we sent off in, in, in better in better environments, and um, we we continue to help men's national team from the youth and into the senior levels. We continue to um, show our support to the Canadian MLS teams um, yeah. who, uh, who send the players our way to, to get the minutes that they need. And playing in a league that uh, such as the USL it, it, it allows these guys to get a chance to play at a very competitive level. Um, so it, for us it just makes sense to continue to stay involved with this the, the USL, but I mean, as we as we're doing that, and as this league is continuing to be the fastest growing second you know, division league in the world, uh, we will continue to to do our research with the with the CPL. And believe me, I mean, what for what the CPL has done, this is also great for, for the game in in Canada. We're you know we're 
we, we we're, we're big supporters of that. We've shown our support and, you know, we're happy with, with what they're doing. But we will continue to do diligence and be, before we make any type of decision. But, I mean, we are, are very happy right now with the, with the idea of being in the USL. So if I put myself, if I was a 20-year-old or a 23-year-old, and if I needed the minutes to make that next step or that make that jump to a men's national team or to be back in a MLS you know, team and play. This is what I would want to be involved in. This is the direction I want to be in. I want to be in a safe environment that allows me to continue to grow as a young professional to reach the goals I need. And that's something that we've proved, uh, you know, last season and the season before. And, you know, this is our strong intentions for, for the rest of the way as long as we're involved in the USL. So USL has done a fantastic job. And I, and I strongly believe, um, uh, you know, we, we will have our strong intentions to continue to play in the USL. Uh, just a very last thing, Julian. Obviously, there's a lot still to get sorted out, and you you don't want to to can contemplate kind of the worst case scenario. But if, if things don't get sorted out quickly, or Concacaf don't change your mind, I mean, have is it too early to say what 2019 would look like? Would you be forced to go into the CPL? Would you want to take a year out? Would you maybe speak to the impact about maybe officially becoming? Impact second team so that you can maybe stay in the USL that way. We haven't, I, I you know, we haven't even gone that far in, in, in thought. To be honest, uh, I mean, our strong intentions is not to have to worry about that. Yeah, and you know, we're super focused on the things we, you know, we need to do to continue to play in, in the USL for 2019. So, I mean, we hope that this is resolved again as soon as possible, so we could continue our, our pathway and our plans for for, uh, for the theory. Uh, but we haven't even gone that, that, that far in terms of uh, what that would look like. So, you know, we will continue with our, our, our game plan and, um, you know, uh, you know we'll, we'll take a course of action until we, we, uh, we learn more. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Julian. I, I hope everything gets sorted out really, really quickly for you uh, and good luck with everything. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Fury seems to be the theme of the show tonight. That was Julian de Guzman there talking about the Ottawa Fury situation. So just to reiterate, that was recorded literally about 10 minutes before CONCACAF sent out their clarification of stuff, which Ottawa had said that they they hadn't got. There's a a lot of layers to this story, as Zach's been saying. Just before we we go to break, and we'll debate this in, in part three, what was your thoughts, just quickly, initial thoughts on what Julian said there? Uh, he said he was shocked, and yeah, he did so look shocked when he did the video. I felt on on Wednesday. No, but that's a. Uh, I mean, this being disingenuous to the extreme, the, that they're shocked that this is this is happening. They they knew this. Uh, maybe not this was going to happen for sure. They definitely knew this was a possibility. We talked. Yes. We talked about this in October. Yes. They, they basically. This is what I mentioned to him. Yeah, they basically challenged challenge people saying like call or bluff kind of thing right they're like you haven't fished this we're moving ahead and now we're gonna try and make you look like the the bad guys in this because you if you pull the plug at the last minute you look stupid 
and and we've we've done everything we, we should have and what like he's not surprised the other guy uh you spoke to there uh like him his name's mark goody yeah him mark he he too again there's things that he said there that are just the way the way they're shaping uh, in that interview and in the, the 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 media stuff the the articles that have gone out the way they're shaping their relationship with the cpl is also extremely disingenuous they make it sound like they are consultants for the cpl trying to help them get off to a good start and all yeah. that stuff that's not true at all they were at the table. So you've heard. They were. They were I've at heard the other table. Things. Yeah, they were at the table to be a part of the CPL. They weren't there to like, hey, we'll give you some advice on how you, how you should go about this, or we'll give you some perspective on basically what we've done. They were at the table to be a part of the CPL and walked away from that in 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 July for some very specific reasons. Well, we'll get into that and a lot more after this. I'm David Edgar, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. To Wolfie, Barney, the count and Joggy. Come on, everybody, step up to the hockey and have a throw. Just let it go. Shout to Bobby George and Eric Bristow. In the 80s, it was all about bullseye. I saw it on TV, so I gave it a try. I guess a new dad board every birthday. When I grows up, I want to be Tony O'Shea. Pretend out finish, double eight. Lose yourself to dance. Double four. Lose yourself to dance. Double two. Lose yourself to dance. Double one. Goldie looking chain there. I haven't had them on the show for a little while, so I've had some Scottish rap, some Welsh rap. Maybe get some Canadian rap coming up next. Steve's got the next couple of selections. Let's see what he's got no, in store. No rap. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> Because I know, I know when to put uh, when to, you know the Canadian rap. Yeah, we're gonna stop right there. We have there's there's decent, better than that, Welsh and Scottish. You were saying Mad Hat McGore doesn't sound like rap. It doesn't sound like it just sounds like a guy talking. It's not not all rap. No. Huh. Anyway, you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Losing Yourself to Darts was the song from Goldie Luke and Shane. The Darts World Championships started on Thursday. So that's me pretty much out for the, the rest of the year watching Do that. they show it live on, uh, it's on Sportsnet? No, it's no, on uh, what, uh, what, The Sportsnet, Sportsnet is showing the old stuff? Yeah, that's old. Okay. Because so, uh, I was watching a match. at only on DAZN. I was watching a match at work and the, uh, there was like, one guy that was just like couldn't hit anything. And to end the game, he like he had so many chances, and he just got caught up. At it's nerves, it gets yeah. to you, the tension, ten thousand folks screaming at you. There was an incident yesterday where Michael Van Gerwen someone threw beer at him during the walk-on, so he had to go and change his shirt and stuff. I, I'm just amazed that I'm just like in England, you got the you know the it's such an extreme where you have the the guys that are like top of the noble class and they're so prim and proper, and then you got the people at darts. And they're just like <laughs> completely like like uh, it's like a manic place where people are going yes. crazy. It, it's fantastic entertainment. If you haven't seen it, check out the Zone live. I'm two sessions behind because I've had to spend time with my wife this weekend. <laughs> I had to. I hadn't planned to, but she went for the ferry on Friday, and the ferry she went to happened to get cancelled with a storm. So I've been stuck with her all weekend. Oh. Sorry, I've had a wonderful weekend with her. Uh, a bonus. I'm sure she'll enjoy that when you edit the show with her. Yeah. I got to play darts last night at a Christmas party. It was quite fun. I'm terrible, but it was quite fun. Did you get three in a bed? Did you kiss the lipstick? I don't know what you're talking about. I think yeah. Those are darts terms. Is that, darts terms, is that yeah. triple 20 or something? Three in a bed is just three in any one thing. Oh, gotcha. So it could be any triple or double. Okay. Or whatever. 
Well, I got, I got, a, yeah, I think I got at least. No, you um, did triple. No, and double. I did. Yeah. Oh, one, not three. Oh, not three in a row. No, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Now I'm pretty sure out in Ottawa just now, there's a lot of folk got their dartboards and they've maybe got a Concacaf sign on it yeah. or Victor Montagliani's face or something like that. And it seems like the rest of Canada has Ottawa yes. <laughs> darts or whatever. I, I've brought my Ottawa Fury <laughs> coin that we, we got as a gift from Yerky. Yerky. He sent us that, so I brought that as solidarity. Because if you listen to the Julian de Guzman interview, I would admit it was very one-sided, it was very biased on my part because it fits the narrative that I believe in. So for balance, we are going to debate the situation in this part. Zach, myself, Steve. First question, really. How have things been allowed to get to this mess? Yeah, that's a a good question because it allows us to to talk about, I think, some of the foundation of this. And obviously, there is a deep longing for uh, a resurgence and a expansion to uh, of the club game in Canada, with the effort to develop players, to grow, grow the player pool, uh, to provide better pathways to professionalism, all that kind of all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, this goes back years, right, to the Easton report. I think is you know where the the, the idea for hey, let, it's now time to have a, a proper uh, nationwide uh, domestic club league. Because uh, it's been like decades, right? Since since there was one, yeah. And, and it, so I, I think at a base level, I think we would all agree that a country, Canada or any other country, if they wanna, if they want to have, if they if they wanna have football meaningful in their country, they should have their own domestic league. Is that would we all agree with that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. There. Oh, we'll get to that later in the yes, show. Yes, I'm sure of it. Oh. Uh, so that that's a, that's been a, like a long desire. So then, yeah, then there are. How do you get there? Because you're not coming from a total clean site. You're coming from a situation where you have multiple uh, teams, multiple clubs who are playing in existing American leagues. So how do you how do you get there? And so I think the the formation of the the Canadian Premier League, which came out of that report, which is something the CSA said, yes, this is a priority for us. Yes, I know you, you will bring this up later, but yes, the Victor Montaliani, when he was in charge of the CSA, was uh, a big part of that. Um, and I think, though, I think one of the things that needs to be said, and this will come up a little bit later on, is the governing body in a, in a country really needs to be the ones who are looking out for what's best for the development of players and the sport in the country and have a significant role in, in, in the league. Now, in most countries, the league is a bit of a separate, separate entity, but there is a relationship between the federation and the league, right? Think about the FA and the EPL in England, the Bundesliga and the, and the DFB in Germany, right? They're separate things, but there is a close connection and they have to work together, right? Um, uh, so for me, the CSA needs to be kind of like the the gatekeepers to, to to things. They need to be the ones who ensure that ensure that things happen in the right way. Now, I'll be the first to admit the CSA has not always done this very well. You know, going back what fifteen years. Uh, you know, the whole Voyager sack the CSA move, movement that, you know, that, that that happened because everyone felt that they were so, so, so poor in what they were doing and how they were doing it. I think Julian even alluded to it in, in, in your, uh, indirectly in, yes. your, in your interview. Yeah. I, he said, I've seen the inside of, of how these people operate and it hasn't been good. And that's a legitimate criti- criticism. However, I, I do also feel that they have improved. 
Are they perfect? Uh, are they striving for excellence in the, all the ways they should? Okay, maybe not, but they definitely have improved. And I think the desire to have their own, for the country to have its own league, I think is is a step in, in, the, in the right direction. Now, to do that, and to do that with the different teams and, and the different American leagues, you need to, you you as the, the gatekeepers or whatever, need to be able to say, this is how things move forward. This is who, this is, this is how this is going to move forward. Okay, so how that's played out is they've said, okay, MLS teams are grandfathered or exempt because of their history, whatever. I don't know the exact reasons they've given or whatever. Um, but now they've said they, a number of years ago, this is not like this year. This is not like last year, like no. years ago, they've said, we are not going to allow teams to continue to play in American leagues or to start to play in American leagues. And so teams have, have to get an annual exemption to do so on top of that, uh, the CSA can't act unilaterally on their own. Obviously, they ought to work with the USF on this because it, it impacts them. Also, the CSA is a member of CONCACAF and a member of FIFA. And those two organizations also have to approve these things or, or say that they're okay with them. So this is not a CSA-only decision or a USSF-only uh, decision, right? So there are, there are layers to this, okay? So um, I think... I think that it's important that the CSA said we want to have a league. Now I know all kinds of one of the things about the league is okay, what level is it starting at, and all that kind of stuff. Is it where it should be, and all those are conversations we'll continue to have over, over the months ahead. Um, but it's a starting thing, and it it's wherever it starts, however low or however high it, it starts, it it uh, it it's, it it needs to have a good start so that it can grow. And my 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 initial concern about this whole situation with Ottawa Fury is. That uh, this is does not this is not helpful for the uh, furtherment of club football in Canada, and this is also uh, a continuation of the problem we see in Canadian football yeah. with 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 individuals or individual clubs looking out for their own best interest and not looking out for the holistic long term best yeah, interest of the game in, in the country. In a lot of ways, is understandable, but right now, as you say. No, no one looks good in this situation at all. The 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 Concacaf statement which they issued then on Thursday, basically said they've not received any sanctioning request from the CSA or from Ottawa, so or from the Americans or from the Americans. It's, it's, yes. it's implied yes. also not from the Americans. And basically, again, it's implied as opposed to written. They feel that there is a, a level. Canadian league for the Canadian team to play in. Now, that opens a number of other questions, such as MLS is seen as Div 1, Tier 1, whatever you want to call it. CPL, they've talked that they they want to be on a par with MLS. They want to be Tier 1. And in Canada, they obviously are the Tier 1 league. Yeah, again, it's obviously we're comparing them because of the situation, but everyone's every country's division one or top league doesn't mean that it's the same as their neighboring no. country. Right. So you, you know, Scotland is the Scottish premier league, the same as the English premier oh, league. Way, no, way better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We put, that's something we can agree on. Yeah. And the Welsh one's better as well. <laughs> but, um, so how, how come Swansea and Cardiff get to play in that? Then? Right. Because they've got, they've got, they've got exempt exemptions. Yes. From the FA that has to be approved by UEFA. That has to be okayed by FIFA. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just being facetious, there, no. obviously. But 
it, it's where where the CPL fits into this because realistically they are looking like they're on a par with USL right now. Oh, oh yeah, I but mean a lot me, of people I argue it's below. It's I, below. I, yeah, I would argue that. I would feel looking at the players initially announced. Which we can't go into too much because we obviously said it's only mid-December for the Whitecaps. Right. So it's you, the same thing, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Or sorry, similar thing. But it does not look a quality... It looks good, but it's not top, top quality. Yeah, because you but, can't... This is a, a like an initial year in the yeah. league. You, so, this is basically... And I was watching it because they were playing it on the, uh, on the TSN uh, for some reason. An old... Uh, I think it was MLS Cup final between DC and Colorado. Uh, wow. Way back in the day, and it looked like really bad. The yeah. whole setup so, they had they had ha- ha- half times where they was counting backwards, like like first half from forty five to like yeah. zero. Well, the first so, MLS so, uh, game I went to well, was in ninety seven, and yeah. this is unrecognizable. So, so th- that's what I'm saying. Like when you start off with a league, you're not expecting it to be. Well, I never expected it to be like this top league no. that everybody was talking about. But they are, will can build to that eventually. So that's why quality of play can't. And maybe I'm going to regret saying this in a few minutes. Quality of play can't be a part of this conversation. It's what is what the 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 tier is or whatever. Understanding that there are have been there are exemptions that have been made. Yes. Right. So uh, the, what Concaf is saying is, look, uh, you there is a there is a there is a there is the tier you should be in is available in your country is essentially what they're saying. Not quality. They're not talking about quality. Yep. Yep. They're saying for what you are, you should be in this level in your own country. And Ottawa's argument for that yep. is they're in an established league. They're happy. It's secure. They've not got any worries. Like right now, no one really knows. I mean, obviously, there's going to have been talks behind the scenes, but publicly, no one knows the salary cap in CPL. No one knows what the travel costs are going to be, whether this this airline partner that everyone's talked about or not. For Ottawa, flying from Ottawa to, say, Victoria, it's going to cost them way more, you have to feel, than going to, say, Cincinnati this year, as an example, or one of the Florida teams, maybe, okay. even as well. So you've got that aspect. So that's what Ottawa is saying is, it's an established league, they're happy with it, they like the business model, it's secure for them, and their investment, and so it's okay for them to f- to feel that way, but it's also okay for the governing bodies to say that doesn't fit into our yeah. into our into our um, evaluation of how we do this. Do Do you not see though that with Victor Montagliani being head of Concacaf and being one of the guys that really spearheaded this the CPL, it's not a good look. Oh, I know. Oh, I know how it's being. I know it's being painted. Well, why wouldn't it be a good look if he's a proponent of CPL? He should be doing everything for the yeah. CPL. I'm not. So I'm it's not. It's not, I'm not it's saying it's, in that sense, but the CPL and all this kind of come off a little bit clean because they're not mentioned. It's not them that's challenging. Well, technically, it's not yeah, though, it's, Michael. I know it's not. That's what I'm saying. So, we'll, and we'll talk about the CPL's feeling about this in a minute. Looking at it, they come across clean in some sense in that they're not officially mentioned in the Concacaf release. Canada soccer's not saying, oh, it's the CPL that's got the big problem. Ottawa's not really coming out and saying, oh, it's the CPL that's causing this. So the CPL have kind of come off this quite, quite that's the clean pro- no, that, in some quarters. Well, the, the, the problem is everyone in, in the Canadian club game is getting s- smattered with this. Yes. This is going to be negative for everyone. That's the, that's the worry because I have seen a lot of stuff in social media and online very critical of the CPL. And we're big proponents of the CPL. What is... T- 
to say that right away. We want the CPL to succeed. Sack more than anyone from the three of us, probably. Would you agree? No, I, I, I you wanted too to succeed. Yeah. I wanted to succeed as well, but Zach's been heavily involved in meetings and talks and stuff. Heavily? Heavily. I'm, is that because I'm heavy? Or? <laughs> we're, um, not, we're not fattest. No, but the thing is, the, the people blaming CPL doesn't make sense either because why would you – like that's saying like uh, uh, if something goes on in the French League – that it, it would be EPL's fault. Like what, it's two different leagues. Like why would it involve or the Welsh league for some reason? If the Welsh wanted their Cardiff or or one of the teams back, like yeah. I know, I mean, it would be the it, FA it, that would want it. It wouldn't be the the but league. Peop, people are just reading between the lines and saying, "Oh, it's the CPL Stop that pressured Victor into to issue in this." Sometimes edict. the obvious solution I, is the one that's right in front of you. I don't think Victor Montalielli is easily pressured oh, into into, no. into doing something that he doesn't believe in. No, I don't either. Um, but here's here's the thing. My 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 concern about about this is kind of what I think I said before the break is that basically, Ottawa knew that when they when they walked away from being a part of this CPL in July, uh, when they all of a sudden said no, we don't want to be part of this now, <laughs> in July, that they knew that they needed not just sanctioning from CSA, not just sanctioning mm. from the USF. They knew they needed Concacaf's permission for this. Now, who's supposed to file paperwork? Yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's, a, that's the big, that, big question that's a, that, that no one's been able to answer. Because yeah, the CSA from... I've read a couple of things of people reaching out to the CSA. I haven't because I haven't had time. But it looks like I'd have got the same response anyway, which is no one was wanting to talk about it on Friday. Right. So regardless of, of that, Ottawa Fury knew that they, they needed that sanctioning. And without securing that, to, to then publicly go ahead in the ways that they did... To me, that is where the f- the fault lies in this negative situation. Even even if you think uh, the Concacaf's wrong or that they should be able to do what they want, it's their money or whatever. Uh, the 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 fault is with Ottawa it, it, for this in, in me, and they they are the ones who have caused the the, the problem. Well, the, the thing is the the per- and we talked about it in October, like we've said before. Um, the person I talked to back east, their the, their main thing was they were surprised that Ottawa was so flippant about. Like oh yeah, they're going to be in USL, no problem. They were going no, this is not a done deal. They yeah. actually they they actually told me that Concacaf was the one that was going to decide whether they're going yes. into that league. I, and not. I heard the same as Steve. Yeah. yeah, USL issued their conference alignment this week as well, and they've got Ottawa in it, so they're fully still expecting them to be part so, of that. So again, again, if you're the USL. You know what's required. Yeah. Why would you proceed on assumptions That's or... the big, big question. It's like, who should have filed it? Should it yeah. have been the CSA? Should it have been the USL? So you can, should it have been Ottawa? So you can be Ottawa or the USL and be angry right now? But I'm sorry. It's your own fault that you didn't secure what you know is required. Yeah. If you don't fill out the paperwork, if we... Like, for example, well, like if we're filling out our taxes and we're not filling it out on time and they're, we're owing money... It's not. It's not the ta- revenue's yeah. fault. It's our fault. For Devil's advocate, though, if it's not Ottawa themselves that's to file it, yeah. and they're expecting the league or oh, one they of the governing bodies to do it, they should be mad at them. Then Ottawa is the innocent party in this yeah. as well. Well, they they could be. But however, they know that without that sanctioning, they can't move forward. But, so if they don't do my, everything to ensure that that's happening, Michael, that not to be filed when it has my, been in seventeen Michael, and eighteen. Michael, I'll, I'll do you the same tax thing. If you have an accountant who's filing taxes for you and he doesn't do it properly, whose fault does it become? The person? No, it isn't. It's the person who's 
of of uh, who's the yeah. uh, I would be going around and hitting him with a guitar. My, well, my, he's my, probably my, off to Brazil. I've, my, got, my, I've got previous in that. Michael, there's no there's no way that it, there's no way that uh, any organization would move forward in the ways that they have without things being done. It, yeah, and and and, and that, that to me. The sure. fact it's been a big surprise, Ottawa saying, Which makes is, you think that they thought this was all done. No, but that's false. That's that's public. That's for the public. Okay, they, let's. They, we we're gonna have to wrap this up. Uh, is there any solution that you see to this that the, would be the worth courts? It's gonna go to the courts. Well, then the, I think there might be a problem with FIFA. Oh yeah, then you're gonna have a big issue with FIFA. Ottawa, will, the, yeah. will, they'll shut Ottawa down in a second. So, so a, a couple things. One of the things I know you've talked about before because you're concerned about. Also, you're concerned about the, the the ripples of this, right? Yes, and, and for, I, for PDL, yes. TSS, and, and I and I agree. I think I think some of those PDL sides are safe while there's not some kind of equivalent. Yeah, the Western ones. So you're looking at probably Winnipeg, but with Winnipeg not having a, a team in CPL, who knows? But definitely Calgary Foothills, Victoria, TSS Rovers, Thunder Bay, probably because of the distance. Yeah. The, they're going to be safe. Because League One Ontario teams didn't want to travel yeah. to Thunder Bay. Yeah. Which I, I'm surprised it's like a 20-minute so, bus journey. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, KW United didn't That's play this PDL season. Because yeah, because, they, because of League One Ontario was on their doorstep. Because CSA or whoever said to them, yeah. you need to be in this. This is the appropriate league in our country yeah. now for so you. Definitely so again, another reason not that. to be surprised. Yeah. So uh, that I, I, I know... People who are don't like the CSA or don't like Concacaf or whatever, it's easy to pile on them. But for me, this this goes back to the, the Fury and then the USL. The USL should should have known better in terms of in terms of the money, Michael. I know you, you the money and Colin. I saw Colin Elms, I believe, tweet about this, saying you know who's going to recompensate or whatever. Well, with the Ottawa Fury, if if they needed to, whether they are going to, because I see their options as this: playing CPL. Which I don't honestly, I don't think uh, lots of fans of the CPL. I don't think want a team that doesn't want to be there. You talk about yeah. not wanting a player yeah. who doesn't want to be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I understand that and, fully. And I don't know if I don't know if CPL wants them in this state at this point. So CPL is one option. A hiatus like Edmonton took is another option. Uh, folding is another option, and then there's your favorite. Yeah. Well, I have another option too. They, okay, they can actually first. they can actually sell their franchise. Oh, that's what I was going to say. To yeah. to yeah. a team in America and and recoup the money that way too. That you were talking about the because yeah, this is yeah. this was I was going to say. I was going to say after you said yours. But the, the, if people are worried about the money, a USL team just uh, franchise or whatever the language is uh, just went for seven million dollars. Yes, which I'm pretty sure the Ottawa Fury didn't pay seven no, million dollars no. to get into the league. So I mean, they they well. They will make money if they want to do that. The option that I could see them going down, and I mentioned it to Julian as a question, is right now, MLS two teams are allowed to play in USL. Now, Ottawa's not an MLS two team, but they are the official affiliate of Montreal. They could officially rebrand to be Montreal's second team, even just for a season, still calling themselves the Ottawa Fury, just like Swope Park Rangers is Sporting KC's team. Yes, it's a loophole and a way around it. If it was still turned down, and then they said, okay, then we'll join the CPL. The CPL have indicated they don't want MLS two teams in the league. What are they going to do? They're going to say to Ottawa, oh, no, we don't want you now because you're a, you're an MLS two team. No, then again, I think the CSA and uh, and potentially CONCACAF would have... The CSA first would have a role in that because the CSA does not... Uh, I think the CSA and the CPL for obvious reasons, do not want sec- a second team. Yeah, uh, you know. it's not ideal. 
I'm not I think, 100% averse to it. I, th- I think at a launch, it's more than not ideal. But the thing oh, is... at a launch, no. But they, like, in, like down you, the line. You're saying that Ottawa can turn into Montreal uh, 2 or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And Don't they have to get sanctioning for that in order to do that? That and that and then that can be blocked as well. So I don't think I don't think that's a hundred percent guarantee. No, it's, that it's, that's not a guarantee either. Yeah. I, I can see it going to the courts, which as you say won't be good. They're going to take it. If, if Concacaf say no, the next step would be FIFA. If Ottawa takes it to the courts, if FIFA comes on to CSA say, yeah. "What are you doing?" Yeah, they will come on to US uh, USSF and say, "What are you Was doing?" Yeah. and the, we have a twenty twenty six World Cup happening. And they're going to say, do you really want to do this? Yeah. yeah. Was it you who tweeted that? Someone tweeted something about like as soon as, or no, actually I think it was a friend who told, messaged me and just said, as soon as, as soon as Ottawa's lawyers begin to tell them where, where this is going, they're going to soften up pretty quickly to yeah. other ideas than what their ideal is. There's no denying it's a mess. Passions are high throughout Canadian soccer circles about it. There's fault on both sides, I, I feel. I can't see an easy solution for it. Julian talked about he wants it sorted out quickly. This is going to drag on. That's why I asked him, is there a time time limit on this? Because at some point, the USL season has to plan accordingly. You do not want a team dropping out a week, a couple of days before the season starts. So there's a lot more mileage in this. We'll have a lot more chat on it. We'll have people from both sides as well to talk about this in the coming weeks. We'll see if Julian gets what Julian wants. Let's hope he does. And we'll be back with more chat after this. Hey, I'm Brett Levi's, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Tell us what that song was, Steve. Uh, it was a song from, I think it was Ocean's 12. Ocean's 12. Yeah, yeah it didn't sound rappy. No, uh, no. It was more uh, Latin. It's it Christmas time. It's time for rapping. Well, it was actually uh, a nice Christmas tradition I have where the, I watch Ocean's, uh, the trilogy of Ocean's. Nice. You already watched 11. it? Yeah, I watched it today. Oh. It's not really Christmas. It's just on TV. At your house? <laughs> it was on TV. I decided oh. to watch it. At your house? Yes. Okay. I went to see The the Grinch last Monday. Yeah, how was that? Sad, sad tale of a, a young Scottish guy that's forced into conformity <laughs> by the end of the film and having to bow down to social pressures. So uh, you're like, I sorry? Was, I forgot to tweet you out. They, they actually did like a musical Christmas carol um, on oh, TV. Yes. Oh, yes. Did you see it on well, TV? There's a film. No, they actually did it like it was a stage. Like a it was a stage oh. play. I forgot to tweet you. About I, I've, it. Seen, uh, I've seen. I've seen a musical version. I, I went with my kids to see uh, Into the Spider Verse. Have you seen it? Yet? No, I've seen watch it. So. I saw the yeah. trailer for it. Yeah. It looks. I like the pig. Yeah, he sounds fun. No, it was. It was not bad. Yeah, it was good. I would. I'm I would watch it probably. I'd this, say the first uh, sometime this week. First eighty-five to ninety percent of the Grinch was great fun, but <laughs> it just got pretty crappy at the end. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Killing Santa Claus was a bit of a stretch, but I was rooting for him. There was just five of us in the cinema watching it. Well, you probably went on a Monday morning or something. Monday afternoon. Oh, there you go. 
avoid the kids. It's my idea for all of Christmas. And someone else that avoided kids this year, it felt, was uh, the Whitecaps and their, their MLS squad. Do we really have to do, do this? Yeah. Except for Alfonso. We, we wanted to get our year in review wrapped up before the Christmas special and uh, New Year special. Okay. If there is a Christmas special and New Year special. I didn't know? think this was going to be the most painful part of tonight, but it's feeling that way now. Well, we'll rattle through it. We're going to have a look at August, September and October. September. We're also going to talk about August and October, but that was Peter and the Test Tube Babies. You, you a fan of them, Zach? Well, no. <laughs> you a fan of Test Tube Babies and, and Peter in particular? Oh, man. I was going to talk about one of their other songs. No, don't. Yeah, let's, no. let's not. Yeah, I'll tell you at the break. <laughs> Google them. Anyway. Yeah, September they were talking about. That was a bad month. So let's let's start a, a good month. August was actually a pretty good month for the Whitecaps. Two wins, two draws against strong teams. That included a very commendable 2-2 draw at New York City with two really good goals. One from Nicholas Mosquita, one from Eric Hurtado. Where are they now? They're on uh, holidays. Mm, trade bait. Then... What was my match of the year? I think I, f- I can't remember if you guys agreed or not, so I wasn't 100% sure. I can't it was, remember. It was a good one. Yeah. The unexpected, because it was, 2 1 win at Piggy Park against Portland. Where Stefan Marunovic did not save a penalty from Diego Valeri. No. <laughs> because Valeri missed I, the net. I cut that out of the yeah. podcast. Oh, no. No, no one knows you made that mistake <laughs> until just now. I'll um, leave uh, this one in. No, but the, uh, the, the thing is about this one, those two weeks, was that after the New York game, everybody had this them done and dusted. Yeah, I did. And then, and then Portland happens, and everybody starts going, oh, maybe they do have a you chance. You had them done and dusted in April. Yeah. I, I'm. I think I had it after the Colorado game where they lost. I don't know. Me and Canada the Whitecaps seem to be, we seem to have some kind of polar complexity going on. What's the word I'm looking for? Bipolar, yeah. that's it. Yes. <laughs> You're just looking at me strangely. But yeah, me and the Whitecaps seem to have some kind of bipolar thing going on. They lose. I think it's the end of the world and they're, that's the season done. Next week they win. I'm like, yep, yeah, we're in the playoffs. No, I might be wrong, but that does sound uh, similar to, I think, most of the people who follow the team. Possibly. <laughs> I, I'm just used to that with East Fife, though. It's like we're, we have more ups and downs and a, a roller coaster sometimes with our teams. But the Caps win in Portland was fantastic because it ended a 15-match unbeaten run by Portland. Two goals in the first half. Kai Kamara with the opener, which was a header from the edge of the box you should never be able to score a looping header from the edge of the box. Jeff Attenella, not for the first time that we're going to have seen yeah, the rest la- of the, the season, last time, or the yeah. last either. Yeah, they're not going to make a statue of him. No, horrible goalkeeping. And then allowing Christian Teixeira to get a header. Yeah, what a great goal. Yeah. Where, where is he now? On vacation. On vacation. Now? They're on vacation. Yeah. All these oh, guys. Kai's, Kai's, I think, in Sierra Leone. Yeah. It's quite interesting. So many people I've spoken to for our Christmas show next week are no longer part of the Whitecaps. It's like a farewell tour. Because they blew up the squad. 
No, because they spoke to us on the show, I was starting to think. So Russell Tiber better watch out because he's on it. He's, I think, the only current player that's going to be on the show. I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think so either. After that win in Portland, but they were hanging on a little bit to the end. They, they were going for voodoo donuts. Kai was going to treat them to voodoo donuts. Hey, you should ask Rusty, just while I'm thinking about it, you should ask him at the beginning of the year, which was the other one or two guys who played for the Crest last year so we know which guys who were remaining that didn't play for oh, the Crest. Oh, and who we should support. <laughs> Now, after the Portland win, there was a draw at home to Red Bulls. It's disappointing, obviously, to drop points at home, but it was against a good Red Bulls team. I think it was 2-2. Yeah, it was. Who, who would have thought we'd have drawn 2-2? Then we won at San Jose to round off the month. Now, the New York game, Kendall, who I talked about, I felt could have got a lot more goals over the course of the season, got two in that game. Yeah. But then we threw away another two points at home when Daniel Royer got his own second goal. In the 90th minute. And it's, it's those games, and I know we talked about this before, every team can do it. You pinpoint the points lost that cost you whatever. That's another one of those Dro- games. Dropping points to dead ball is, never feels good. It's just frustrating when you can look at these games and you know you should have had three. Yeah. And that's all we needed was just a couple more points to get us in the playoffs. There was also, in August... You said I didn't talk about this last week, so I put this in especially for you. Voyager's Cup final. Let's move on. <laughs> I found out. I remember, I found I found out about this in October. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah that was so funny. I'm glad we didn't spoil it for you. Just yeah, now. No, yeah. No, 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 I, okay, I the, saw the game. Man. The first leg. The first leg was like go again. It was just like the Dead Bull game. Two two. It was, no, but it was going so well. <laughs> yes. And unfortunate, Daniel Henry's own goal. Yeah, he like, broke was, his hand on the play too. Oh no! no afterwards, he, after, 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 yeah. Yeah. that was just like s- s- soul crushing. Like it was. I think he was angry that he'd find a band in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Zach try to figure out what that band was. <laughs> Sorry, I just like I just. You're thinking what? What an innuendo does he does he mean from that? No, I was like, what happened? <laughs> I didn't realize you were talking about earlier this yeah. evening for a moment. Callback. Yes. No, but uh, yeah. Is your hand okay? <laughs> It it was a um, Six it right. was a it was a game where like where the, it seemed like they had it in control a little bit, but then yeah. like like I said last second, and it, it was a weird own goal too that it mm. just it, I don't know it was, it was awful. Well, yeah, thing. he forgets what team he's playing on, and that's what the jokes on Twitter were. That's twice he broke my heart of that goal. Yeah. Remember the goal against the Carducci in the semi final oh, yeah. years ago, <laughs> and then that yeah. We, we didn't have to worry about being in it in the second leg. Well, I think they had to they had to go for the goals, and I think that just left them a wide open at the back. And I think yeah. that was probably what was they scored a couple of goals. They yeah. did after being was it, they, were they five down when they got their first. No, I was watching it in was bed. Four one. I don't know. I don't remember. I was did you even in, watch it at the end? No, no, I oh, did. Okay. I was down Newport watching it in bed. Oh, I remember who you were tweeting. Yeah, yeah. five was, five past. I was tweeting you from bed again. <laughs> I was in the Okanagan. That's why I never got to watch it. Ah, we were on the you're beach. Seven four in aggregate was the end. Let's just quit. That's close. Yeah. So September kicked off with a, a win at home to San Jose. Oh, can I just actually just say one thing? This was also one of the positive things that Mark DeSanto said when he met with supporters is that uh, he does not intend to uh, do full squad rotations for Voyager's Cup games. Yes. Which I I thought was... I'm very happy with that. I thought that was... Uh, it was, was nice a to guarantee hear. that we're not going to have a 6-1 result. 
September, though, kicked off with uh, another win at home to San Jose. We did our back-to-backs over the Quakes, although we did make it a little bit more difficult in the two games than we maybe should have. But we were unbeaten by, in six by that point with four wins. I was starting to feel confident in us. I I thought, yep, we've turned it around. No summer slump. How did it all go to shit? I mean, that's the big question. Because what they, took happened? A week, they took a week off. They uh, got rusty. Well, we had him not Russell, rusty. Okay, <laughs> small yeah. R. That that bye week seemed to kill our momentum. If you believe in momentum, that Mark, was just Mark a, Weber doesn't. Why was that a bye week? I can't even remember. It, international, it was international break. break. Was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. we played on the no, every that, Labor that Day. We played we Labor Day play weekend. Yeah, every so. international break we came back from was disastrous because we were actually playing really so well. Were the going ones into, we played through, which we'll come to next month. The, the, we we played really well going into it, and then yeah. and then we uh, coming out of it, it was just horrendous. Three straight losses after that break. Two went at home to Seattle. Two went at home to Dallas. Three now away to LA. We should have won the Seattle match. Oh, yeah. For sure. Stung by another late goal. 87th minute. Matt Hedges in the Dallas game. And that was... Some ridiculous penalties in those games as well, given away. That was the end of Rabo, right? Yes. Yeah, the the Dallas game was the end of an era. Carl Robinson's time was over we we're not going to delve into that too much because obviously we talked about it at the time the timing did seem strange in some ways i can see it not in others does it make any more sense to you now was it the right time to let him go to try and do something to salvage it no oh i don't think i i, I personally don't think they were even trying to salvage it i, I like they were they, that's probably the face they were trying to put on but I think it was more that they wanted to get the coach that they were interested in, and yeah. you and they didn't want to start officially negotiating. They might have been doing some back channel negotiation, which ha- happens a lot. No, they, in a lot of sports, yes, come on, um, where they talk to somebody, a friend of a friend of a friend that a friend with that coach, but they they officially they couldn't talk until they had let go Robo go. No, but they were they were talking to people like they were talking the, to people that knew the people that knew the people. That's what that and that happens a lot. Yes, and you can't do not you cast aspersions on the front office. We uh, we got a tweet tonight, which oh. I've left my phone at home, so oh, I can't read it. Great that that mentioned that you you need to stop going on about the front office, Zach, with your tinfoil I, I, hat. Yeah, sure, I will when they when they start acting the way they should. But, uh, no, I mean the Mark DeSantis thing was on the cards well before this, like well before this. Um, not not just replacing Robbo, but Mark DeSantis. Yeah, we talked about it in April. Yes, that and was, other that was and other wishful thing and other people that. talked about it not not that long after that. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing the other thing that uh, maybe we won't talk about a great deal, but there was that article by J.J. Abrams or whatever that uh, Adams. Well, it wasn't Adams. J.J. Abrams. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, J.J. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> JJ, the article, he's busy, busy filming where, where, episode nine. where he talked about uh, some of the things that I think uh, uh, he um, he said the cats were lost. No, he no, he talked about the the conversations maybe that were happening between uh, the Vancouver FO ownership and and Don Garber or whatever, and that was literally the, the Dallas game was a week after that. Mm, oh Cause, yeah, because he was right. here for the Seattle game, I believe. That's right. Yes. It's all yeah. Inter- interesting timing. How the I wonder. I wonder if that if there's a, if there's any correlation to. I'm still doing my car that. journey with the Don. Actually, he never lives up to that. <laughs> but yeah, Robo went. Um, Craig Dalrymple put in temporary charge. Started off with that loss in LA, then unbelievably, in some senses, mostly unbelievably. I just didn't see this coming. Shock two one win in Toronto. 
that not only gave us more playoff hope, it ended TFCs. Yeah, Toronto we, did not see it coming. That was and, a double whammy. And then we should have got a. I, th- I still think we should have got a trophy for that for ending their playoff tr- yeah. trophy. Some just, kind of trophy, just from the other MLS like a, teams, like a clean sheet, <laughs> something, <laughs> a clean sheet award. Just folks saying thank you so much for not having to put up with TFC Army this year. That was actually just going back a minute. That was one of the things that also I didn't like about the Robo ending is there was never any real appreciation for his time with the club. I know it's one thing you're saying, okay, we're firing the guy. We don't want to go in that direction anymore. But there was never that they did they, they, they didn't like what they do with all the players. They do them with a number of other people. There was no like, hey, thanks, Robo, for your time with the club. It wasn't until later on when oh, you know when Bobby started saying that on shows after I'm pretty sure he got word from his communications people of like, hey, we need to take responsibility. For this we need to thank the past, uh, you know, the, the past coach. Whatever there was, no, there was, but there was, no, there was nothing from them, which is kind of awkward when you think about how long someone was here and how much they contributed. Whether you appreciate everything of when they were here or not, it, it was just a little bit awkward. Bobby did say in some interviews he did, but think. that was after. Yeah. No, but that was we, way we, after. No, but it's very rare that you actually. If, I don't know if you're talking about a video tribute or something. No, but, but even with those, that stupid infographic with like, "Hey, thanks, Robbo." Like I, you'd rarely was, do that was when there you nothing like that. No, no, no but absolutely I, nothing. I, I'm sorry, but I've never seen that for a coach that got fired. If a coach leaves on his own or resigns or something like that or moves on, then you see that. If a coach gets fired, no, you don't. You don't see uh, that. Okay, never maybe, seen that. Maybe not in Vancouver, maybe not in North America, but I've seen it in other places. Hmm. That's weird, well, especially with someone who's been. It's not like he was here a year or like he got fired during his first year. Especially, not, especially if it's like uh, in the middle of the season, I and it was a contentious firing because obviously he didn't want to get fired and. They wanted to fire him, so I, I don't see them putting out anything like a, a graphic or something like that. That seems very odd to me. Anyways, th- there was no there was no public appreciation for anything that he had done until after when it was obviously they were trying to go back on some of the. Well, some of the we were in the Dalrymple era at the time, though. Yeah, and he got us with a again. He got our hopes up. This is the whole thing about the White Cap season. But it wasn't Craig Dalrymple. As if you listen to him, it was the players. It was the players. Because yeah. I blame the players for a lot of things, good and bad. The playoffs were in our own hands still. And that's been the thing over the course of the season. We had it in our own hands so many times. Three wins, we were in the playoffs. So naturally, they go out and lose the first of those. Played during the international break. Shorthanded. Took the lead. 1-0 at home to KC. And then... The last half hour was... Because initially I'd said it was one of the worst performances this season, but then I thought it's, it wasn't. It was that half hour yes. was all oh, that was terrible. In fact, not even the half hour. The last 60 15, f- 20 minutes no, was no, terrible. No, no, it was after the 65th minute, mm. essentially, when it, the window broke. Yeah, I was watching on a very, very dodgy, uh, low-quality bandwidth at a, at a, like in the, in the valley at a, at a thing, and yeah, it was not, it was not fun viewing that, that game. No. 4-1 defeat. Season... Mathematically, wasn't over, but it basically was. You, they needed point, a lot of, they of, needed a lot extra of help. help by that time. So I mean, you knew it was over, yeah. and then that was the start of all the the team gave up and Russell went after the team. Yeah, well, he want- never, he never, he, he 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 did say there were people that were like there, there, it was a different tone. When he did he it after really the Kansas City, but you yeah, know, it, and the, it was a different tone compared to that compared to the end of the season where it was. I, I think he didn't need to go again there. 
I think he should have gone more to the like other stuff. But I, I agree with you that that's where it started. So, from. Well, one of the awkward things was, and we talked part of this at the time, is for me, Russell Tybert should not have been in there, having played the day before for Canada. The other thing is, uh, I was but he was back. the only one going back on one of the goals too. Yeah. He was the only one like actually rushing back to try to stop it. I, I genuinely had no issues with that. Okay, well, to me that that. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I said it before. But the other thing that's weird is I believe Danielle Henry, who was in that Canada squad, didn't play in the Canada mm-hmm. game. And he, the players were all asked, do you feel that you're capable of going? And Russell was like, yep. Is, oh, is that how it happened? Yeah. Hmm, okay. He is Mr. Fit. Credible fighting 2-2 draw followed at LAFC, which just left you angry at what could have happened because it showed what this team is capable of. Then it was goodbye, Fonzie. 2-1 win over their second stream Timbers, but we'll still take it. Season finished on a high, as they did the last time we didn't make the playoffs in 2016. I, I was glad it was over. I just wanted it to end by that point. But what were you left with in your mouth? What taste were you left with? Was it anger at not making it? Was it disappointed in knowing what this team could achieve? Or did you feel, no, we weren't good enough? I was actually, at that point, uh, once the season, I was relieved it was over, but overall for the whole season, and this is probably the, the worst thing that can for a team to have, is I felt indifferent <laughs> at that point. And yeah. I think that's the mm. worst thing I for think a, a club. lot of fans did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Because, and not to, I mean... I felt like they were spinning their wheels at this point, and it was not a good thing. You're going to say I'm putting on the tinfoil hat or whatever, but for, for me... Uh, and this is not I'm, this is not my I'm not the only one expressing this opinion. But when you look at the MLS era, the the, the changes that, that that have happened have all been with players and coaches. And the thing that hasn't changed is the people uh, making some of those bigger decisions in in, uh, in the in the in the front office off the field. And I think that there are other people. You're right, Steve, who are now indifferent or apathetic about things. Yeah. And they there was uh, at the end of the season there was a pretty significant outcry. For there to be changes in the one place there hasn't been changes, and that's what that's what I long for. Yeah. And 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 the only the sad thing is the only way that will happen is if things get worse. And I'm not one who really longs for things to get worse or for whatever. But if it brings about change, I don't think it would be the I don't think it would be a bad thing for for Vancouver in the long run. Well, there's still time. Who knows? But yeah, indifference I think is a, a good way of summing it up. November and December, we're not going to go over, but it's because we're like, living it right now. Yeah, man, it's. It's been eventful, and you have to feel January is going to be even more eventful. So just before we finish this part, it's time for my favourite part of the show. It's Wavelength Time, and we're continuing our songs about players, and we're going back to our friends, pulled off at Halftime Oranges. Well, they're just called Halftime Oranges, but just thought I'd throw in the plug for our video series that's coming out next year. Yeah, this is a song called What's the Fuss About Ryan Giggs? What's the fuss about Ryan Giggs? What's the fuss about Ryan Giggs? I've heard he smokes too many cigs. He's been in trouble with a big star. What's the fuss about Ryan Giggs? What's the fuss about Ryan Giggs? His legs look like a pair of twins. He cleans his boots with silver boots and hair. And that's the price of fame. And that's the 
Hi, I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, you're listening to the AFTN podcast. To part 5 of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. 101.9 FM. What was that music, Steve? Uh, that was Stranger by, I I think it's pronounced Roco Code. They're, they are a local Vancouver band, though. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wonder if they were one of the ones in the studio tonight. No, they weren't. <laughs> uh. Now, it's time for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, features and links. Make it part of your daily routine. Check it out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? Uh, a few follow-ups. Uh, let's start off with Barcelona is uh, pulling out of their league game in the U.S. They have officially... La Liga has scrapped the plan as At halftime? Well. Huh? No, I don't know what you're... Oh, I pull... Yeah, <laughs> I get... Yeah, no, sorry. Callback. Um, uh, the club remains behind the idea for the game, but it did not intend to play the game uh, in Miami against Girona because there was no consensus among all the stakeholders, which was the players' union, the yeah. FA, the FIFA, UEFA, all of them. They were... It was basically the league. La Liga was on their own, essentially, against everybody. Um, another that, one that must mean they were getting the biggest check. It seems like it. Um, Qatar is gonna has uh, gained a dentist. Um, there, the a former Icelandic coach Heimer Hal Grimson uh, has been hired by Al Arabi, 
um, and to take over as their coach. Yeah, he was rumored. The reason I bring it up is because he was rumored to be uh, in the running for the Vancouver Whitecaps job. Um, we were told that he was actually attended a few games, especially I think the one in Toronto was mentioned. Yep, he's the guy they Frank Yelloped, right? Well, no, they interview people. I don't understand why, like, if you interview somebody, they're guaranteed a job. Well, it makes no sense. No, at no, all. it's not about interviewing. It's about the what you tell them. Brought to you by they Tim tell them that you like them. You're, you're interested, you're, you, but we're interviewing I, other people. I, th- I thought it was a little more than that, Steve. No, it wasn't. It's not like, by the person I was told. It's like okay. speed dating. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Club, uh, the, the that club that he's taking over, last won a title in '97, and they've been previously. They've had some uh, famous coaches. Gianfranco Zola was a former coach uh, there, and Dan Petrescu. Hmm. Um, Chelsea, uh, with uh, the Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling thing. But, oh yeah. Um, they suspended. Starting with them yeah, we'll week. start with the, the. They suspended four fans uh, from for now, but their police investigation is ongoing. But Chelsea supporters actually had more issues uh, during the mid. Uh, Late last week or yeah. midweek? Also, one of the one of the fans said Late that he didn't say anything racist. He he said "mank" and not "black." Okay. Um, the they they were in uh, Budapest uh, mm. for a Europa League game, and apparently they had an anti-Semitic uh, chants going on. It's, it, it, it's 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 a Tottenham uh, anti chant yeah. or something like yeah. that. Oh right. And then also there was an Instagram photo. Uh, where they were waving a flag in Budapest of a... And blocking people's view? Uh, yes. There was a symbol of... Bang them. No, no. There was a symbol of an SS Tottenkopf symbol. Yes. Death head. Yeah. So that was on the flag itself, and they were displaying that on Instagram. So there is a chance that their next uh, Europa League game could have uh, like less fans. Let's say. Closed doors? Yeah. No, I, they said partial uh, closure of seats. Chelsea no. said they're confident that that flag did not make it into the game. Yes. But and the thing is, the funny thing is that the owner is Jewish. So it's uh, maybe they're going against the owner. I don't know what's going on. The owner there. of the flag? No, the Abramovich. owner of the team. Oh, okay. Abramovich? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. uh, oh, I didn't know that. Getting to, uh, we, we talked about the Whitecaps transactions. Uh, here's some MLS transactions that also occurred. Tim Barker re-signed to, uh, by the Red Bulls. He got his deal. Three-year deal, seven hundred dollars to $800,000 per year with rumors. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure that's reported, not rumored. It's reported. Well, the, the people yeah. are. They have never. They haven't confirmed it. They're reporting it. Yeah, but right. I believe the person who reported it was his agent. Oh, this, oh. So was it? Oh yeah. Yes. Wait, did Waxman tweet it? Yeah. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I it, yeah. People should follow Ron Waxman on Twitter. Nah. If you if if you if you um if you had if you had issues with the whole Baldwin and Avid and base. You should follow. You should follow Waxman on Twitter. Um, the other I thing have about, to say, Timmy's not worth that money, by the way. Okay, but here's here's two things. One, just to reiterate, like you you did the interview. You you've said many times he did not want to leave Vancouver. Two, the other thing that should be put out there: this is not the amount of money he was asking for in Vancouver. What he was asking for in Vancouver, which I was told at the time, uh, and has I've heard uh, since, since the original thing happened, that what he was asking for in Vancouver was much lower than considerably lower than this. Well, good for him getting what he's got. And yeah, like, good like for genuinely him, yeah. good for him. He's a nice guy. I don't feel he is worth that money, though. Uh, another deal that happened in uh, the league, LAFC dealt uh, uh, 2018 first overall pick, Yor Mutino, to Orlando for Mohamed El Munir. Is that the guy who's... It's just basically an exchange of defenders. Is that the guy who was battling with Jordan Harvey? Yes. So they got rid of... And they didn't take Harvey. Okay, so the new left back for... The goats. The Al Munir, I think he is a left back himself. So I think it was a defender for a defender. Zach Stefan, who you wanted, you were touting for the Whitecaps, has signed a deal with Man City. 
Um, but somebody wrote a thing that he might never ever play for Man City. I'm not so because here's the here's the thing, right? Is Man City the man the city football group around the world that has three or four teams or whatever? One of the teams they own, I believe, is the team you were talking about in Girona. Yeah, and so they own that as well. So what what will likely happen is he'll get loaned out to like Girona or was it Melbourne City or whatever's the yeah. other one? Like yeah, he'll, but, he'll get loaned out somewhere where he's going to play. That, that's they got to be careful about that because eventually the, if FIFA changes their rules or whatever or they, where they limit loans. The players they can loan right. out, that's going to obviously affect right. it down the road. Right. Um, I expect him in Girona would be my guess. A couple of uh, staff signings as well. Um, Caleb Porter is getting very close to signing with the crew instead of the Galaxy, who was rumored with last week. And it, it, apparently it's in the final stages. It's been tweeted out. Um, Ned Grabovoy has been named as technical director for Portland Timbers. And FC Dallas un, uh, unveiled their new head coach on Sunday. They're promoting um, academy director Luchi Gonzalez to re- replace Oscar Pereira. Oh, so he's got like a good year. Okay. Um, did anyone watch? I haven't watched it yet. The, the um, Gre- uh, Greg Berhalter video on MLS. No, no I just what? see the picture every time I'm on the site. So, <laughs> so he's like got a video of him showing the tactics he wants to play with the United States. It seems a little counterproductive to put that kind of thing. I, I mean, I haven't watched well, it yet. No, because Mark DeSantis wanted to show us the tactics if he'd got a whiteboard. Yeah, but, we, yeah, but we weren't posting it on the <laughs> yeah, site. Yeah, you weren't yeah. posting a video of like how you want your team to Yeah. That, it does seem a bit odd because the opposition will be like, hey, watch this. Yeah. Could be a smokescreen. Um, his former team, the city, uh, oh, sorry, the Columbus crew, uh, the city of Columbus has approved funding for the new stadium and practice facility. They will be contributing $50 million Towards that building of the downtown stadium. So, usually, I'm not a fan of this of the public money or whatever. However, in this case, it's nice to see the city also saying we value yes. this football club. We want it in our community, and, and we want it in a better place. Stadium too. Yeah, they own, like we were big advocates to save the crew. If I'd known Kayla Porter was going to end up there, yeah. I would maybe not have been. Well, so you much go back to hating advocate. them now. Yeah. Um, also, I, I don't know if we talked about last week, Steve, but the where their current crappy stadium is for or plus miles outside of town, that's where they're going to tear that ugly thing down and they're going to build all the practice facilities there. Oh, nice. That's what it, Hope they get yeah. a scoreboard that works. Um, <laughs> Does it catch fire? Yeah. Um, the, the, there's also, uh, now coming to Canada, there's been some CPL signings. Um, yes. Let's start off with York 9. They signed League One Ontario's Austin Ritchie. Um, Ritchie? Ritchie. Ritchie. It's Ritchie. 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 It's Ritchie. Ritchie if it's Canadian pronounced. Hmm. Um, Valor FC have signed an Englishman... Uh, Stephen Hoyle. He can't stop scoring in, is it New Zealand? New Zealand? Yeah, <laughs> he's with Canterbury United. They also, added, tail tail. they also added a couple of Canadian youth internationals, Dylan Sacramento and Tyson Fargo. Tyson Fargo is a keeper. I think he used to play for Edmonton. At, at Dylan point. Sacramento, I'm pretty sure, played PDL because I remember, I seem to remember calling his name. Um, FC Edmonton also signed a bunch of players. Yeah. Uh, f- number one, they signed a Korean uh, Son Young Chan, who apparently is like one of the fittest players they've ever seen uh, he, in the work. He was in the York trials. Yeah, yes. he got the yeah. third highest stats. In, yeah, yeah, medical. Uh, stats. They also signed Bruno Zibi, uh, Ajij uh, Sakari, uh, and Ajay Kabara. Um, and you liked uh, Sakari a lot. Sakari uh, was like really good for Alberta. Saw him in PDL as well. University of Alberta. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, Bru- not, not just Alberta in general. Bruno is obviously brothers of Allen, who they uh, yeah. previously signed. So yeah. then I have a, a, a pair of brothers there. Sicaria was with PDL with Calgary Foothills, and I'm pretty sure Tommy would have really liked to have brought him into. I've heard him talk about Calgary, that. But yeah. I heard him talk about that, and like Tommy understood, I think. Yeah. That. Yeah. It's lo- local. Yeah. 
guys for local people. Tommy's okay with the local players playing locally, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to uh, ruffle any feathers there. No. Um, <laughs> Cal- no, he wouldn't do that. The Cal- talking about Tommy, the Cavalry added four of their own players. All um, Whitecaps. Yep. Yes. Uh, goalkeeper Marco Carducci. Well done, Marco. So happy for Favorite Marco. of the show. Uh, defender Chris Serban. Favorite of mine, actually. I've been very high on him. Center back Dominic Zator and a midfielder Elijah Adekubi. Sounds familiar. I wonder if he's related. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. He very much so. And I remember his first match. He actually in residency. I still remember to this day that he actually I think punched somebody. Really? Yes. Team. Yeah. Is that why he didn't last? Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. Now I'm play, play Not, No, he was still played for a while there. Because Elijah had a really trim, bad injury mm-hmm. and he missed the 2017 whole of the PDL right. season. But some really good signings there from Cavalry. And Tommy had told me at the. No, it wasn't Tommy. It was Martin Nash had told me at the the Nationals they hoped to maybe have about eight players from that Foothills Championship. So what are, they, what are they up to now? Six, I think. Yeah. Um, some more additional signings um, on the other parts of the world. Ashley Lawrence, a Canadian women's national team member, signed with a new deal, multi-year deal with Paris, Paris Saint-Germain. Where to go? Um, also, some uh, awards given out, obviously, at the end of the year by CSA. Uh, Dreyer Cornelius and Jordan Hotema have been named the Canadian Soccer Youth International Players of the Year. Yeah. Cornelius, so he beat out like uh, Jonathan David and other players like that, right? Good for him. A um, couple of ones that I voted for. I don't, did you put your votes through? I did. Okay. Um, I I actually mine were very close to both of them. Well, actually, they were for the winners. I voted Christine Sinclair as winner. She did win. Um, I had Jesse Fleming number two and Buchanan number three. Uh, uh, it was swapped. Buchanan was number two and Fleming was number number I had three. Kedisha number one. Yeah. yeah. Did she win the Champions League? Was that this no, year? No. But the only thing is, mm-hmm. I, when I looked into that, she didn't actually play. She was dealing with an injury, right. so she didn't okay. play very much. Did for they the win team. it this year? or Was it the year before? Now I'm forgetting. Asking me about women's football. Olympic lane, yeah. You're asking the wrong person. Fourteenth yeah. time that Sinclair has won it, and she led Canada in goals for the fifteenth time in 19 years. Deserving. Uh, and then obviously the men's side. Uh, no contest. Yeah, Alfonso Davies. Well, we don't know. Scott I don't Arfield. know what the results were. I voted for Scott Arfield. Did you? Well, I did actually, but as number three. Uh, I voted who, 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 for... I, I put Fonzie yeah. first. I can't remember. I honestly second. can't remember. Other um, Canadian soccer blogger types people on purpose, did, I think, didn't choose Davies because they knew he was going to win, but wow. put other people. I like put him. Davies number one. I think I had... Um, I, I can't remember who I put two and three. I think it was... But the two and three were Osario, and I put Lucas Cavallini as the top yeah, three. Yeah, he had a good year. And um, he's, he scored, obviously, we know, eight times and picked up 11 assists. He is the youngest ever winner of the uh, t- of the award. Previous uh, were w- youngest winners were Simeon Jackson and Jim Brandon, who were 22 when they won in 2009 and 1999. So obviously a big difference there. A um, couple of last things. MLS invited an uh, initial group of 60 players to the 2019 Combine for Canadians. Uh, uh, some with uh, BC connections. Mm. Um, obviously, Alex Comcia, yeah. former Whitecaps Academy player from North Vancouver. Highlander FC alum, uh, Kayla Montgomery from Victoria. Yep. SFU grad, uh, Mamadi Kamara. He's from Montreal, but obviously played with SFU. And then uh, one that obviously from Ontario, Kamal Miller. Um, Alex. So he's one of the guys who did all he could to get out of his being owned by the Whitecaps thing, right? Yeah. So he, yeah, he's. Well, he just 
anyone can leave the residency. Yeah. No, but they still have rights. You and no, 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 no. I checked. I checked that as soon as they leave the residency. Yeah, yeah. You, there's no. There's okay, no. I think that changed because there were players at certain times who went to American colleges he, so they could he, get out of. No, no. He he didn't. He didn't need to do that. He was maybe he, he didn't. He didn't. But other he left, players. He, I don't think he even played once for the U18s. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that, but I don't think because he, 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 he went to Europe, that. right? Yeah, he went yeah, to Europe. Yeah. Yeah. But Hoshbub's poor, which I've just murdered his name. But the guy he went to play in Vol- Bulgaria. And the Caps got nothing for it because yeah. you can just leave and join and sign for another team. But that's not MLS. No. It's different. MLS rights are different. Yeah, because there's a, at least one one player from res- residency earlier era who I was told they went and played college to get out of. Oh, Daniel Stanisi. Yes, that's the player. They went they wanted to play college just so he could get not be owned yeah, by the Whitecaps in MLS. As soon as they finish the residency, the Caps have to get them back for training. And if they don't get them back for a set number of Oh, hours, the Cal Irving. Right. Yeah, then they do not hold their their MLS rights okay. anymore. Last bit of news, and I know we touched on it. I think we touched on it a little bit last week, but the zone uh, yes. has now scored uh, the rights to the English Premier League, and their Come broadcast the rights taken away. The EPL take away from the uh, t- basically taking away from TSN and Sportsnet. But there are there are options where they the either there's two things either the zone is trying to become like uh make a, themselves into like a specialty channel so they are available on TV right. or they might uh like you know sell a game of the week to one of TSN or Sportsnet so you get a game yeah. of the week each week well i mean when they took the Champions that makes League the, contract they stressed they were not selling any of that i think it's a mistake cuz what you do is you sell it to TSN and you advertise your zone Thing there, it's free marketing because you're actually not even free marketing. You're, you're they're paying you to get, for you to get marketing. Burnley Huddersfield is your game of the week. <laughs> no, you gotta get, I, w- I can't wait. You gotta for give the, one I'd of the. Watch t- you gotta give one of the big five teams. They could be playing Burnley or Huddersfield, but they, they have to be one of the. big I five just want to know what's happening with the Bundesliga rights because in January, I'm, if I want to watch everything live, yes. then I'm gonna have to pay Sports someone. World, right? Which I I have on and off over the course of the year because. I have it for the the FA Cup yeah. primarily. See, this week it was great because they weren't showing Bayern at 6.30. They didn't show any Bundesliga at 6.30. So then I just put it on the app because if you, if you have Sportsnet now, anything they don't show live on, oh. on Sportsnet World, you can watch. Yes. So I got to, was able to watch the game and it was glorious. It was great. But it, obviously, there are more weeks than not, they're going to put Bayern on, yes. especially once Alfonso oh, is eligible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, start, I'll start watching Bundesliga then. And we, we can talk. We'll, I think we might have a segment maybe in we the future. We should do. Because, yeah. I mean, you don't care about the Whitecaps anymore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff, AFTN.ca. Give us a follow on Instagram at AFTN Soccer. At some point, I'll post to Instagram again. Thank you for listening. Next week is our three-hour Christmas special. Three hours? Three hours. It's starting at nine? Nine till midnight. Oh, man. We'll It'll be our first annual Christmas Eve Eve show. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I can be here. Well, we'll start without you. Yeah. We'll I'll get, be here at some point, we'll for sure. We'll be playing songs. We'll have games. But that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Apologies again for the delay in starting. If you've stayed with us to 150, what are you we doing? admire you. <laughs> See you next week. And more the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. 
the atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.